And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Breaking news from The Athletic. Hey there, it's Robert Mays and Jeff Howe from The Athletic reacting to the breaking news about Cam Newton being released by the Patriots. Jeff, obviously a pretty shocking development here on a Tuesday morning. We had a back and forth with the quarterback battle that was going on in New England. It felt like the position was still up in the air to a certain extent. And now not only is Cam Newton not the starting quarterback of the Patriots, he's no longer on the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones was clearly the better quarterback throughout training camp and the preseason, I guess, to an extent. But the more important factor was training camp. I mean, by every passing metric, and I say I'll back it up. I don't. I don't bang my head against the wall repeatedly for hours a day, t- compiling these passing stats for nothing. Uh, <laughs> so there is some merit to them. Uh, by every single metric, totality of throws over the course of the entire month or the 19 practices, uh, in the practices against the Giants and Eagles. In the practices, just with the Patriots, when Mac Jones and Cam Newton threw against the Patriots' starting defense, Mac Jones had the better numbers across the board in all of those settings. This wasn't like, you know, Mac Jones just uh, cherry-picking stats or inflating some of his completion percentages in seven-on-sevens or or in the backup periods. Like, this was Mac Jones across the board being the better quarterback. And the, the question really, or I guess the surprise, was was Bill Belichick really going to go with the rookie? And I, I wrote last week why the Patriots shouldn't be worried about the rookie factor, specifically as it related to Mac Jones. You know, not saying like, you know, just because a rookie, you know, David Carr, you know, had the worst offensive line in NFL history 20 years ago. That was no reason to just, you don't hold that against Mac Jones is what I'm trying to say. I mean, just because Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes started on the bench as rookies doesn't mean you had to do the same thing with Mac Jones. But I went into it a lot deeper than that. But it's just this is something that Mac Jones earned. Now, when you get to the release, that's the surprising part. And, you know, we can go at it two ways. You know, number one, Cam Newton was the leadoff uh, quarterback in the rotations, throw practices and training camp. You know, there are – I've written a couple times over the last week, maybe longer, why that rotation might be a little more deceptive. But the other thing, I, I think if you want to really uh, look at the surprise, if if the in a worst-case scenario, Mac Jones goes down at some point in the season, I think you would much rather have Cam Newton than Brian Hoyer. And who knows, maybe we'll see what happens with Jarrett Stidham's status. He's been on pop the entirety of training camp and could very well start the regular season on pop. I'd be surprised if he didn't. So he's going to be out a minimum of six weeks into the season. And so, so, I mean, again, like if, if Mac Jones goes down in the first six weeks, all of a sudden you've got Brian Hoyer in, I think the world of Hoyer, but we all saw what happened last year in Kansas city. Uh, at this point, he's just better suited to be a backup. So I guess, I guess, you know, that's sort of the, the more surprising element is that you weren't able to keep Newton around as a backup. And maybe we'll get more clarity on that. Maybe we'll find out Newton asked for his release or, or Whatever, maybe they just didn't uh, 
foresee him as as a valuable asset in the number two role. Is there a possibility that the locker room harmony was more important than whatever would happen if Mac Jones were to get hurt? They thought having Mac, having Cam Newton in the locker room when you have a rookie quarterback, a guy with his stature, someone I assume is liked in the locker room, all of that stuff, it probably felt like this would be a clean break and a chance for Mac Jones to just kind of operate as the guy in the building. Am I reading too much into that? No, I think that's a fair way to look at it because, I mean, Cam Newton, from everything I've gathered over the last year, not that this is a surprise, but he's universally adored in that locker room. Yeah. So you could have a situation where – you know, I'm not saying Mac Jones isn't because he is too. He has all the respect in the world from those guys and he's earned it. And that's partly why Belichick felt as comfortable to go with Mac Jones in the number one role. Uh, but you're right. I mean, what if Mac Jones goes down or what if he struggles? You know, are there going to be some veterans in the locker room who might naturally just gravitate toward Cam Newton? I mean, these things happen in every single locker room. It happened when Tom Brady took over for Drew Bledsoe. I mean, they weren't all hunky-dory and happy and, you know, singing campfire songs when they stuck with Tom Brady over Drew Bledsoe. I mean, there were veterans in that locker room who weren't thrilled about it. So, yeah, this is a a good way that you put it, a clean break. I mean, this is Mac Jones' team now, and that's part of it. And, you know, the COVID aspect, too. They saw what their very realistic scenario that played out last week when Cam Newton – broke the league's COVID protocols and had to get into the five-day re-entry period. That could happen at any moment of any day. I mean, they would basically be going into the facility every single day during the season with some seed of doubt that Cam Newton could be, let's say, a close contact or whatever, and boom, he's gone for the week. And even if it happens on Monday, you're talking about missing the entire practice week. Belichick's not going to start you uh, on Sunday if you miss three consecutive practices. So, this is uh, and related to the Bills. If you're a close contact, if your trainer all of a sudden gets COVID and Cam Newton is in that, that room with him, you know, five-day reentry period. And it's just, it can happen at the snap of a finger. So that's just one other thing that, you know, they had to keep in mind with this whole situation. I think all of that makes sense. And yeah, from the, just the gravity that he has. I mean, think about a guy like Jacoby Myers, right? Jacoby Myers was born in 1996, when Cam Newton started his rookie year in 2011, when he was one of the coolest players in the league, Jacoby Myers was 14 years old. He was a freshman in high school probably watching Cam Newton. And even if Cam Newton isn't the same player he was when he won the MVP six years ago, that stays with you. And that status within the league and among other guys stays with you. So I can totally understand why they just thought it was better to move on from him, especially if he didn't want to be there. And then the vaccination aspect, I think, makes total sense as well. Looking at now the expectations for a Mac Jones as he steps into this role with a supporting cast that has been rebuilt in the offseason, right? They traded for Trent Brown. They went out and got those tight ends. They have secondary pass catchers now with Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and all of those guys. What are the realistic expectations for Mac Jones and this offense now that we know he's the day one starter? I think they should be fairly high. And look, there's... There's the unknown. We haven't seen what it will look like in the regular season, but this is a kid who is complete a high percentage of passes. And you mentioned the offseason acquisitions, and this is something I've made a point on uh, as frequently as possible since they drafted Mac Jones. One of his best strengths is putting the ball on the money. You hit that receiver tight end in the hands in a point where 
that receiver tight end is going to be able to make, get some yards after the catch. And the inaccuracy issues that Cam Newton has had, you know, if, if you are throwing the ball over the middle of the field to Hunter Henry or John U. Smith or Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers, you know, those guys have to be able to get that ball right on the hands, right in the chest, and to be able to tuck it and run and not break stride. If you are reaching down to your waist or behind your head or whatever, if you have to go low when you're when you're running wide open, things that we continue to see at practice, you know, the, you take away the run after the catch element. And, and all of a sudden, maybe a four-yard pass that you think the, the guy can turn up field and gain 20 on is just that. It's a four-yard pass because, you know, you break stride or you got to hit the you got to hit the deck to avoid a hit or whatever. So that accuracy element with the the weapons that the Patriots have over the middle of the field is going to be important for Mac Jones. Uh, just in terms of the way that he can run the offense, he handled every single test that they threw at him. Uh, he went, he had a big uh, period last week against the starters when he went nine of 10 in a full field session. Uh, he had a, a situation in the second. No, he lit up the Giants uh, in a story that kind of blew up last week, their first practice against the Giants when Cam Newton was still in the COVID protocols, Mac Jones went 35 of 40, and he had a stretch when he completed 18 consecutive pra- uh, passes over multiple team periods. The next day, they had uh, a situational scrimmage. Cam Newton comes out, goes down the field, four of six, Damian Harris, touchdown run, and, and it was a fairly easy drive. Mac Jones gets the second drive with the starters, and he goes 10 of 20. Now, it was 10 of 20 on the surface sounds ugly. There were three drops and then a fourth ball that got broken up a little too easily for Nelson Aguilar. Some people thought it was a drop. I didn't I didn't pin him for a drop, but whatever. Three to four balls that absolutely should have been caught. Mac Jones completed or converted two passes on fourth down and two passes on third down to keep that drive moving. Dealing with adversity. Uh, it was a second consecutive day when it was 90 degrees and humid <laughs> as hell. Uh, guys were exhausted after a really intense Wednesday practice against the Giants. And, you know, it's not always going to be easy, but you got a rookie quarterback out there who was able to get through adversity. I'm not trying to, like, tell you that because he went 10 of 20 in, in one period of, of, you know, training camp practices against the Giants that all of a sudden he's Joe Montana or Tom Brady. But it's just like little things like that where you can see the character, the resolve, and the mental makeup that he has that he should be able to handle whatever is being thrown at him over the course of a season. And then, you know, I'll just add one more thing to that. There's going to be a point when smart defenses catch up to what Mac Jones and the Patriots are running. And that's going to be a hurdle for him to counter. But Josh McDaniels knows that. And this is something that I have confidence that McDaniels and the Patriots are going to do, uh, are going to get out ahead of it. You know, they're going to make sure that this offense is evolving and it's not going to be like a, you know, a very stripped down version of the offense like you saw in some of Tom Brady's first starts 20 years ago. This is uh, something where, you know, you look at what McDaniels did in 2016. Tom Brady's facing a four game suspension. They're getting Brady and Garoppolo ready in training camp. Basically, even reps. Garoppolo might have even had less than Brady. And then all of a sudden, bang, Garoppolo goes down six quarters into the season. Jacoby Brissett comes in and you know finishes out a game against the Dolphins. And then in week three, for the first time as a Patriot, Jacoby Brissett gets reps with the starters. Going in 
to a regular season week, and they changed the entire offense. It's a short week set. too, wasn't it? Uh, the second week I think was the short. There was a there was a Thursday game. It they was played the Texans Houston. And the Bills. Yeah. I, they played against Houston. I thought that was his first start. Maybe I'm misremembering. I think you're that. right. I think that was the short week, and then it was the following week when Buffalo, uh, I think, shut him up. But again, like just like the bigger point there was, you know, Brissett as the third stringer didn't get a single chance to work with the starters until that week is of his first NFL start. And McDaniels helped him to make it work. So this is a guy who has a lot of creativity and adaptability uh, to to work with, knowing that Mac Jones is going to face some of these these rookies struggles against smarter defenses. And I think this is also an argument for why it's important to build up the infrastructure around your quarterback, even if you don't know who the quarterback of the future is. By going to get Trent Brown, by assembling some of these pass catchers, they had an environment conducive to a young quarterback's success. There are no offensive line concerns in New England like there are in some of these other places where you have a rookie quarterback. When they picked the guy, they were going to be able to drop him in and put him in a position to succeed. And I think that's exactly where the Patriots are right now. All right. Yeah, you're... You're 100. percent I'll just you know I know before we jump off you know that's 100 percent right. And I wrote a story before the draft on how do you how do you identify the the rookie quarterback that you want and what type of investment or gamble do you want to make if you're considering trading up in the board and don't just look at it in the the sense that oh okay you know what this rookie you know nine of the last 17 or or whatever the numbers are you know don't look at the fact that Sam Darnold struggled and say oh well I can't trade up for a quarterback or because you know the Rams just traded Jared Goff that they that you shouldn't trade for a quarterback like there are reasons why those situations failed and a lot of those quarterbacks failed because there was organizational failure that a rookie quarterback would not be equipped to handle and and really counter I mean you've got bad teams with bad offensive lines with bad skill positions who are picking in the top five for a reason and a lot of those cases are picking in the top five to top eight year after year after year who are firing their coaches who are bringing in new offensive coordinators who maybe don't have like a great ownership structure and it filters all the way down the patriots don't have any of those concerns and like you said the offensive line their top five is at minimum, one of the top five groups in the NFL, and they have the the offensive investments. They ha- Mac Jones is going to have guys to throw to. Their running game is very good. In this defense, it would not surprise me in the least bit if it's the number one ranked scoring defense this season. So they have all the pieces in place that this isn't a situation where Mac Jones is going to have to go in and be Trevor Lawrence, who is going to have to be the entire team. Yeah, and that's the argument, right, is that part of the concern about Mac Jones was can he succeed in less than ideal circumstances because of the type of quarterback that he is? He doesn't have to worry about that in New England. They're not perfect circumstances, but they're pretty darn good. And a guy with his exacting accuracy in the way he plays the position seems to align with the skill position talent they have. They're not going to be this big chunk down the field type of offense all the time, but they have guys that can work the middle of the field. And he's the type of quarterback that seems like he'll be able to take advantage of that. So here we go. The Mac Jones era is here in a pretty resounding way on a Tuesday morning. Please go read Jeff's work on this move and everything else happening with the Patriots at The Athletic. Appreciate you guys listening. Talk to you soon. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.